Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I'm Chris Eaton. And hey, look who's joining us again. Say hello, sir. Hello, I'm Mark Hadamio, once again. <laughs> you see, like, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> we love having Mark on here. You know why? Mark provides insight to many things that half the time I'm talking on my ass about. So. And, and I provide a place you can actually all meet up Exactly. Together. I was like, we also like invade your home. <laughs> yes. It's a nice midway point between my place and down the street from Jessica's, and Mark's got a lot of cool toys here, too. Yes. So, and uh, plus... Uh, we got something that uh, at the at the end of the show we're going to talk about that Mark's actually involved in. That uh, if you're up north or you're anywhere in the northern uh, Bay Area, you're going to want to go check out. So, but uh, first, let's talk about some news. There's some stuff that goes on. Jessica, did you hear that Japan has finally, <laughs> yeah. finally accepted Godzilla as one of their own because apparently they have not for the longest time. Yes, Godzilla, who have destroyed many of their places, however, is seen as a citizen. There's an irony to that. But, yes, yes they finally saw him as a citizen, so I was like, that is awesome. Because he was their most popular character for years, and then Doraemon, the yeah, robot for, cat, kind of took over. But you know. He's a cat in Japan. You can't compete with that. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. But, yeah, no, he's an actual resident. Yeah, they uh, they did a whole big to do ceremony. They gave him like a nice little sash, and they're just like, "Yay, Godzilla's one of us now!" So there you go, people. It was just a nice, you know. There seems like Toho is really starting to re-crank up the the promotional train, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like now that the legendary movie's out, they got their movie coming out. It's like eh, we got a couple months. Everyone's still talking about the hotel. Let's, yeah, let's keep this gravy train rolling. Yeah, I mean because you you have the. Uh... The statues in Ginza before, mm-hmm. but now there's no missing that giant head at the no, Hotel Gracie. Oh, if you get the right, if someone shot a picture of it at the right angle, and it looks like Godzilla's peeping in the girls' bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's, he's peeping into the girls' locker room. It looks like a scene out of an 80s high school film. Like he's just like, what's going on in there? And people are like crowding around. It's like, God, move out of the way. It's like, no, dude. <laughs> It'll it's be, real suspect. It'll be interesting to see all the different uh, photos that people take of this thing. Uh, just today, I saw one of my Japanese Facebook friends had a photo of himself in the window mm-hmm. with a uh, phony grenade launcher or bazooka <laughs> reenacting a Gondo's attack on Godzilla. And yeah, with the, with the hands yeah. Over. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> it's just going to become that. I, I'm, I'm very curious to how many like foreigners have shown up to do that kind of stuff now. So. It's it's gonna be that thing much like the Vasquez Rocks for every Star Trek fan. They have to go out there and reenact Kurt fighting the Gorn. So that's uh, that's gonna be the only life size thing we have. It's all we got. Yeah. Why well, wait? There's I wonder if that Godzilla slide is still up. It's still there. Yeah, it's is still it? there. It's not dilapidated either. No, no, they, they upkeep it. Yeah, you have to go check that out. But anyway, yeah. So good on Toho. They're they're really playing up the 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 whole thing again with uh, just keeping them in the limelight for especially considering the last 10 years it's just been like yeah we made those but we're doing other things now greater things we're making more dramas yeah nobody cared this is what I was going to do like you don't have no Kurosawa working for you today so in the end uh, your your little monster movies the thing's going to keep you running for years to come yeah I think they finally have a new regime there at Toho who, who realizes the value in the character it's ironic not, it's not too much unlike what happened with Fox. 
when Tom Rothman was in charge of Fox, he took a dump over X-Men. Like, he didn't get X-Men. And pretty much he's just like, why would we have giant robots in there? That doesn't, that looks stupid. You know, why do they wear, why, why do they need to wear color costumes? That's black, you know, what, what do they do in Matrix? Do that. And pretty much drove X-Men to the ground. He's the reason why Wolverine Origins sucks so bad, because he micromanaged the crap out of that film. Then, Fox Paracut are like, okay, you need to get the hell out of here. So he left. New Regime came in, like, what do we, we have Fantastic Four and we got X-Men. Okay, we need to keep this train rolling forever. So let's actually get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. And then they came in, they hired Matthew Vaughn, who, part of the reason why he didn't do part three was because Rothman. And his insistence on doing this particular script that was written in six days. And now, you know, he came in, revitalized X-Men. Now everyone loves X-Men again. And Fox is actually making awesome X-Men movies. So, I, I, with, with the, with the uh, I, I, you know, the positioning of Anno and uh, uh, Higuchi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Higuchi. Yeah. That, it sounds like, yes, they're, they're, they're taking a more sense, like... These aren't just going to be something we're going to crank out every year anymore. Like, they're not just our paycheck for the month. Yeah. That's, you know, we're making something of quality now. Yeah, because both Ano and Higuchi, they're known for taking their sweet time <laughs> making projects, you know, and you know, not especially. rushing them out. Yeah, Ano yeah. especially. Yeah, which, as I was telling Mark, all I heard people bitching about was, um, it's like, seriously, i got to wait longer for the fourth Ava film now. Like, this, like, I've waited, like, I'm, I'm two years in now. i got to wait another three years. So, like, mm, that's... He, Otto even said, I didn't want to do anything after the last Ava film. And then Gucci convinced him to do Godzilla. So he's just like, okay, this is what I need right now. I need something away from the world of Ava. And I can clear my head. I can just go get my, you know, nerd on. So. Yeah. Well, Otto had uh, been asked previously to direct and he had turned it down. But uh, Gucci convinced him, <laughs> no, well, I'll be on board too. So. Yeah. So pretty much it's, they're going the old, the old, the, the old system route where yeah. you have a, you have the, the, the human action director, and then you have the uh, special effects director. I think they're kind of reliving the glory days of Daikon film. Yes. So. It, it, it's two buddies getting to work on a film with each other like yeah. that. So they haven't really worked on anything, I think, since the Ava series. So, so good times. Good times. Do you know what's not good times? Lawsuits. Many lawsuits to talk we about. Got a many, we got a few to talk about this week. So first things first, uh, a lawsuit that was actually filed last year... Before Godzilla came out by its original producers. And, uh, well, the people who were kind of responsible for bringing the project to Legendary. Uh, there was, uh, would you say, a tiff, if you will. Um, it pretty much, it, down to these, uh, these, these three gentlemen who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're the ones that got a hold of Yoshimitsu Bano. Who had actually the the rights for to, to make a Godzilla film outside of you know Toho, because mm-hmm. he was going to produce the Godzilla 3D to the max, which was going to be his uh, Deathla film yeah. as they as they're calling it, and pretty much kind of doing the Godzilla versus Smog Monster too, yeah. and because uh, he had the rights, they had to go through him to get the rights from Toho. So these guys were you know they're like all right cool yeah we're you know, we're on board, and then I guess. They had a falling out with Thomas Toll, kicked off the project, so they weren't going to get credit, and they weren't going to get paid for it. And uh, Legendary tried to pay him out like like fifty like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. And they said, yeah, yeah, no, go to hell. So they tried to file an injunction against the film, 
last year before it came out, and um, I think it was like February last year when everyone's like, "Is this going to stop Godzilla from coming out?" And I'll be like, "No, this you'd be surprised how much this kind of thing happens in Hollywood a lot." So the settlement actually happened the day before it actually went to trial. Um, so these gentlemen are—they're, uh, I guess, happy with what they got, but they still didn't get screen credit, and I don't think they're getting any residuals or any. They're not getting anything else with you know, involving any of the sequels. So, pretty much, they got paid out a lot of money, and we'll never know how much it was. But yeah. if anything, they did their job. They got the the rights over to us. So, or at least, as I say, us America, because that we refer to ourselves <laughs> in a mighty fashion. So they they were an important cog in that process. They were a very important cog in that process. I'm, I guarantee we're going to hear their story one yeah. day. And they're going to be very bitter about it, too. We went through all this horseshit, <laughs> and we did all this, and they kick us out of the... Yeah, I got, I got a feeling that story's coming. Someone's going to jump on that. They're going to get a hold of these guys. They're like, so what happened between you and Legendary? It's like, yeah, let me tell you about these sons of, the sons of mothers. <laughs> I wait that day with bated breath, yeah. just because it's like, you're going to hear some stuff. And then you're going to hear Thomas Tull come out about it. Like, these guys are a bunch of, you know, D-bags, you know, they're... They did what they did. The one story I'm waiting for is, is Bono's story about the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> he wrote an ebook actually, about making Smog Monster. And I think he touched upon um, the uh, how uh, he was vital in getting the rights over to, to Legendary. Because he's actually uh, on the executive producer credits. Yeah. <laughs> Since the very beginning, he's been uh, listed as a producer in the mm-hmm. film. But... Uh, he, uh, I'm waiting. I know he wrote. He said he was going to write something about that because he put out the, the Smog Monster book. It's only an ebook, so I, you can get it on Kindle. But if you can't read Japanese, it's pretty much useless I, to you. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. It's only like ten bucks too on on Kindle. <coughs> uh, and he actually, I think he put a bunch of pictures and stuff from Smog Monster in it too. Don't don't completely quote, but maybe on that one. But it will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But now. <laughs> Let's talk about the bigger, the bigger thing. Jessica, what did we talk about before we kind of got sidetracked into the whole um, child thing last episode? Oh, we talked about lawsuits <laughs> and like whether some whether Ultraman came from child and was like this yeah. whole thing. So we actually touched. This is almost like a part two. Kind this of. Is, this is a follow up. This is almost like John Oliver covering from last week tonight. It's like FIFA part two. <laughs> Like the whole like conspiracy, like not conspiracy, but crap that happens. Yeah, it, it was. A, this is like a longer part of it. Yeah, it's kind of weird because um, the whole child thing got. <laughs> if anything, people are talking about Ultraman more than they've ever talked about in yes, you know, at least stateside yeah. more than they've ever had in, in the last ten years. So say what you will about the people, they at least got you talking. But uh, there was um, some shenanigans afoot, like literally like the day after we finished recording that episode mm-hmm. about a lawsuit being brought up to, um, to Subaraya and it was over them loading Subaraya, putting up some stuff on YouTube episodes and everyone's like, Oh man, it's Chai was up to their old, you know, you know, old tricks again. And then it's like, well, wait a minute that this company was like UMG or something like UM that. corporation, UM corporation. That is not exact. That's not child. No. No. And it's nothing. Do you have any, do you have details on this? UM Corporation is a another entity out of Hong Kong. And they were licensed by Chao to uh, re- release 
and produce home video media of various ultra properties. Mm -hmm. And uh, so <laughs> they also claim ownership of Ultraman. Oh, jeez. So we have another <laughs> player in this whole debacle. So it's almost turning. This is almost turning into the Marvel uh, bankruptcy debacle. <laughs> go look. At, I'm not going to get into that detail right now, but yeah, go go look that up. There was three parties involved in that too. After a while, but anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. yeah well, basically, they sued Subaraya for posting videos online on YouTube mm -hmm. of uh, I think like Ultra fights uh, on the Subaraya channel, claiming ownership of. Of Ultraman, that uh, only they have the per permission and rights to use Ultraman outside of Japan and post things like that. But the interesting thing about this mm -hmm. is that UM Corporation is claiming ownership out of of all the Ultraman, even the recent ones. Yeah, the Chayo contract claimed ownership of the first six <laughs> series, which was the original Ultraman. Uh, uh, everything of uh, uh, Taro. Yeah, <laughs> UM, UM Corporation is, is stating that. The, the design of all the new Ultraman is basically derived from the originals. Therefore, they own those too. So they're buying off way more than what even Child would even bother to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At least, here's the thing. At least Child's sticking with, it's just we, this is the pie we're sticking with. Like, this is what we want. These guys are like, no, 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 no. We, we want the entire thing. <laughs> they, you, 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 you have to wonder... What people are thinking sometimes. It's like, you seriously think this is going to go over well? Do you really think that you're like, you claiming that you own something you had no, absolutely nothing to do with, and you're actually sub-licensing from it? Like, that you can grab on and this is going to be yours, and it's going to be your cash cow. Oh. <laughs> I do, oh, my God. And mind you, this is from the, the capital of bootlegging, too. Yeah, it, it's funny because the lawsuit... I had a look at the legal documents that were posted online, mm -hmm. and they're saying that the new Ultraman are infringements on the copyright of the original Ultraman. <laughs> so basically, they're claiming that Subaraya are plagiarizing themselves. <laughs> this this totally reminds me of that lawsuit that was uh, filed against John Fogarty mm -hmm. of ripping off his own uh, Creedence Clearwater uh, songs. Back in the late eighties. Oh <laughs> if people could see Chris's facial expression, he has like the ultimate I, face palm both it's like one of those like how are people so stupid? Common sense is all I ask of the world. <laughs> do this crap, I'm just like, why? Why you know, it's you're not gonna win. you yeah. you can't win this. But they're they seem I mean they have a... I think they're, they claim to be a Japanese company, but they're headquartered out of uh, Hong Kong, I believe. So shady already. Yeah. And uh, supposedly, one of, um, I believe it is a Thai gentleman who heads the company, I believe, mm. and claims to be a former Subaraya employee. So, once which again. Is, yeah, which is everyone's kind of like pointing to Chayo, even though they yeah. really don't have anything to do with this. Yeah, and... I think they had an issue with Chayo at one point as well. Really? So, so they bought, they bit the hand of the Fed then. Yeah, so it's not, it's not like they're in league with Chayo. Uh, That's a three-way dance we got going yeah. on here. Who would have thought Ultraman of all people, of all characters, like there would have been this tug of war over it? Well, when you think about it, I mean, 
Ultraman is a huge commodity worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember reports back in the 90s saying, I think behind Mickey Mouse and, and Charlie Brown, that Ultraman was like one of the like the third most recognized character in the world or something. Really? Along those lines. This was back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, countries with, which Ultraman is a big deal. Uh, I think I've heard it in the Philippines, yeah. in Indonesia. I mean, all those shows aired on TV continuously. Mm-hmm. So it's a very familiar franchise. And, you know, as in these cases, wherever there's a lot of money involved, these lawsuits happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, as I said, Child Elise is sticking with their... Whether or not that movie ever happens... Well, well, that's to be seen. But if anything, at least you can. They're they're planning to release a DVD set. It's not outside too much of the boundaries of what they're claiming. This is just like, yeah, just give it to us. Like, we just want we want the whole thing. And like, what, what are you going to do with it? Nothing. I know that's what they're going. All they're just going to do is license and you maybe sub license it out, which ironically is almost what happened to Marvel back in the nineties. Bought off and sold into tiny, tiny chunks if it wasn't for Avi Arad. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, things happening with that whole mess right now. And a lot of people are are reporting on it. I mean, you attended (laughs) the Chayo press conference. Yeah, you want to hear all that. Listen to the last episode, but it was... And and, uh, also... um, I heard the latest episode of the Kaiju cast mm-hmm. and uh, Kyle Yount said that in the next episode, him and August Dragone are going to kind of go over the whole Chayo Ultraman mm-hmm. Subraya situation. And I believe there's also another big comprehensive article coming out of Sci-Fi Japan on that. Ooh, which, by the way, uh, if I may segue real quick into this, mm-hmm. do check out, because we have Mr. Ricardo Delgado coming out at the end of the month. We were supposed to come in. He was supposed to come in for this episode, but he's like knee deep into Age of Reptiles right now. It just got released. Yeah, issue one came out, and he told me it's like I got this. He still teaches too, so he's like, "Can we put it?" I'm like, "Of course, sir." So he's gonna come in at the end of the month. So he will be back, and he's got a lot more stuff. Uh, like he's promised to tell us. So he says, mm-hmm. "I got more stories." So, um, but as Going into that, Sci-Fi Japan put out that super huge, comprehensive uh, Godzilla '94 piece. Like it was four pieces, yes. four articles over the. Even Delgado even sent me a link. He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, this came out." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." I'm like, "Did you talk to him?" And I think he said it's like eh, very briefly. But um, yeah, there's there is stuff in there like I no one's ever seen. So they got all the Wanda Bond, which was amazing yeah. in its own right because. I mean, hats off to Keith Aiken for putting that together. I mean, it was exhaustive. I couldn't believe the details he dug up. I mean, he, he I mean, he had people who I thought, you know, <laughs> that he wouldn't be able to get a hold of. Yeah, I he mean, talked to every, he's talked yeah. to pretty much anyone you could think of that was involved in that. Pretty much, yeah. he talked to. Yeah, I, I know somebody, uh, Jeff Farley, who mm-hmm. was involved in, in the pre-production of it. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, it is it? He doesn't know Jeff Farley. Sure enough. Got yeah, a hold of them and talked to them about it. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. If you want to get, get I'll, I'll put a link in the uh, show notes. It's it's almost like a, a novella. It, it, yes, I mean it's definitely worth your time reading. Uh, and a ton of there's a ton of pre-production art I've never seen before in that. No, and it's... I it all came from Debont too. He mm-hmm. had all that stuff. And like the article even makes it seem like he's Debont's still kind of bummed that movie never happened. 
yeah, he really, he really did want to do it, you know. And the the funny thing is, you know, one of the main reasons that he walked from the project is because Sony TriStar balked at his budget. Yeah. Of over a, uh, they, it was a hundred million, yeah. I think. Uh, I don't think it was almost 120. Yeah, I think that was their ceiling. <laughs> and um, in the end, mm -hmm. the Emmerich film ended up costing a hell of a lot more than It cost 130 in the end. Yeah. Like, even, I think the, like, uh, someone interviewed him, like, not too long after that, and he brought that up. It's like, the film that everyone's taking the dump on right now that, you know, was rushed, I could have made for 10 million less, but they wouldn't give it to me, but they give it to these guys. <laughs> And, you know, it's like, I, yes, it, it's coming off the fact that at the time, 94, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, he was only coming off Speed at the time. So Speed, pretty big hit, but was not something that was going to give him, like, that kind of budget. Yeah. And, but then again, you know, and, uh, Devlin Emmerich came off Independence Day. Which, which was massive. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's like, what are you going to go with? Are you going to have made a, you know, a $90 million movie or the guys that made, like, $500 million worldwide at that point? So, yeah, the fact that they went that deep into the Emmerich film, too, just, it's just astonishing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I, you know, I've read before, but it's just, you look at it, it's like, these guys didn't care. They were just making, they were like, let's make Jurassic Park. And I didn't realize at the time, that was the first film that actually had a release date set before the film was even set. Like, mm -hmm. they set that Memorial Day weekend yeah. before they were even starting. Yeah. And that's the main... No press, no no press screenings, nothing. Yeah, and they they insisted on keeping to that day too, which was one of the reasons it was so rushed. And it, it's funny because you know reading the, the the modern quotes from both of them, you know, D Devlin does seem to express some some regret, whereas yeah. Emmerich is still mm -hmm. like, I did the way I wanted to. Screw you if you don't like it. Yeah, you know. You know, you know I saw, I met. Um, Devlin back at the Los Angeles Sci-Fi Convention in 2002. He was there promoting Eight-Legged Freaks. Because he produced that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't know he was involved in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Eight-Legged Freaks. It's yes. a fun movie, too. So, um, he, someone brought up, it's like, they brought up Godzilla. And mind you, this is you know, about five years removed at this point. And he even pointed out, it's like, it's probably not the film we probably could have made. We probably could have done it better. And that, you know, five years out, I think he realized, it's like, yeah, we might have dropped the ball a little bit. But yeah, Emmerich still is very, like, I made my big monster movie. They wanted a big monster, I gave them a big monster. So, it's, uh, it, it, at least Toho kind of fixed it by making it a different monster now. Even though technically it's still Godzilla, but yeah, it does, in the, in the light of everything, they made it off to where it's like, okay, this is not Godzilla, it's Zilla now. Yeah. And it's its own... Takes, it takes a lot of that, that harsh bite out of it. So. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been, what, 16, 17 years 17, since that happened. Oh, my God. I remember lining up. I remember... I, what do you remember the hype, Jessica, for that film? For the Godzilla? Yeah, for the TriStar one. Oh, my God. That it was like an American film. It was an American Godzilla. And Matthew mm -hmm. Broderick was heavily in it. <laughs> and, I, and I just remember thinking, Ferris Bueller? Like... Mm -hmm. That's a very odd choice. And then I wondered, I actually remember wondering if Sarah Jessica Parker would be part of it. I don't know. It was like a brief fleeting, fleeting thought in my brain. But 
I remember being very excited because it was like in English, you know, and then I was like old enough to go to the movies by myself. It was、mm. going to be in English with American actors. And I was like, oh, maybe there won't be like a screaming Japanese boy. I don't know. Like, I was like so excited. And then I will never forget, I think this is one of the like one, like one of three or four movies I've dragged a large group of friends with. <laughs> used my birthday as, like, oh, I get to pick, and then came out with all of them wanting to kick my butt. Like, they will never. I forgot what other movie they wanted to watch instead, but I was like, no, Godzilla's gonna be amazing.、I'm、like, oh, it's Jessica's birthday. Let's go do it. Came out, they were like, this is terrible. Why did you make us do this? Another movie film was The Spirit. Because it was like another thing. So after a while, my friends, and it was sad because it's the same group of people every five to ten years. And they've like learned because it's elementary school friends. So now they're just like, no.、Yeah. Um, and it was hilarious because when Godzilla Legendary came out 2014,、mm. it was also around my birthday. It's and literally like, like a week. A yeah, week and I remember telling my friends, I'm like, American redo, let's、mm-hmm. do a Godzilla redo. And they were like, Jessica, we remembered 1998.、Mm-hmm. It's 2014, we're not doing this. But this time it was different.、Yeah. Like, it was like some, many people enjoyed it. It was more well received. Yeah, like some people didn't、yeah. enjoy it、this. whatsoever. But I, rem- I will always remember 1998 because I remember, like, it was the time where we weren't smart enough to know that when there's 18 people in the movie theater, you all don't sit in a row. <laughs> you should sit, like, three in the front, four behind, three, yeah, you, you know, like a group,、up. so you block out the middle.、Mm-hmm. So, what had happened is I sat at the very, like, no, I sat in the middle.、Mm-hmm. And I remember when they revealed the look, I was like, oh, I was not pleased. Then I remember the reveal of like eggs、mm-hmm. and like Godzilla was like a girl. I remember like shrinking in my seat and looking to my right and a row of angry faces. <laughs> and then I looked to my left and another row of angry faces. And like two of my female friends actually got up and left. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they, like, there weren't many girls in that group in the first place.、Mm-hmm. So, they were already mad. I think they want to see like a rom com. I don't know. They got up and left. And the remaining dudes that stayed behind afterwards, they were like, We don't know much about Godzilla, but you have definitely ruined all interests we've ever had. And I was like, That's so It's like, I remember, like, and then Furious Bueller, and then the, then the giant earthworm in the beginning. I don't know. It was like, it was like a whole thing. It was, and then Hank Azir. I don't know. It was, it was sad. Sadly enough, Hank Azir is probably the best thing about that film.、So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, I remember that movie left such a goddamn scar on everything. It, it became a, a it, I think it's now a textbook as, as much as how much Disney bungled. John Carter,、mm-hmm. it is a textbook of how much, you know,、yeah. overselling something and putting all your hands in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was going to be so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember it was a great hype. That's、mm-hmm. why my friends let me choose it for、mm-hmm. my birthday because it was going to be awesome. And I have never gotten so much like silent death threats. Like, I was scared to go to school the week after that. I can't know realize, where you, I am. You realize the only people that had access to anything in that film at the time, over. Over everybody that was, you know, merchandising rights and stuff, were the people working on the animated series because they had to get started、yeah. right about the time the yeah, movie was Yeah, 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 the animated series, yeah. They were the only ones who knew ahead of time, and then the fact that they didn't even know that much, just like, okay, here's how it ends. They didn't give them any detail. That's why they put the fire breath in everything, and they're just、yeah. like, they got to go off and make their own thing, which is why that 
Out of all the things that that movie provided, at least it, the animation, it, the animated cartoon was awesome. Really I liked it. Cool. I, I liked, liked it. it a lot. Oh yeah, it was very good. Uh, that's what, that's what the movie should have been. Exactly. Another. I mean, we've heard ad nauseum about how awful and disappointing it was, but you know, on the plus side, mm-hmm. it did revive interest in Godzilla at the time. It's because of the '98 film that mm-hmm. a lot of the for unavailable movies it's, suddenly yeah. became available here so, in the states. So Sony picked them all up and put yeah. them out. I mean, yeah, that's not only yeah, not it. only the Heisei films, but a lot of the out of print show off films as well. Son of Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, sea Monster got picked up by them. Ironically, both Sun and, and now Meg, the seventy four Mechagodzilla are out of print again because yeah. Sony did not renew it. And but one of the most wonderful things mm-hmm. that it did is it made people appreciate the old films because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of articles, you know, from uh, you know casual fans saying, you know, the old films were so much better than this. So it gave them new appreciation of the old films before they were maligned for yeah, you know, like subpar cheesy, effects yeah. and dubbing and blah, blah, blah. But now they're being looked upon fondly. I, I recorded Siskel Niebert's um, review, and this is when Siskel uh, was out with uh, brain cancer. So he was phoning everything in. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because you're watching Ebert talk to the screen, and then it's like, file photo of Siskel. Like, just like <laughs> the worst picture they could have given, it's just him like this, like. Like yeah, I'm pointing, pointing, the screen. pointing at the screen, <laughs> and so he's he's on a phone. You can tell he's on because he, he you can hear it. And um, so Eber pretty much was running the whole show. I mean, he's just yeah. like Cisco, what'd you think? He's just like the f- first thing was like he's like, what did you think of the parodies of us? He's just like it was petty. It was so petty because they had given Independence Day like a kind of a crappy review. Yeah, and that's why they kind of took the jab at those two. But Eber elegantly put it this way: he's like. The thing, what makes Godzilla really sad, and they're showing like clips from the movie when you know Godzilla. It's supposed to be the poignant moment when, when uh, Matthew Broderick and Godzilla kind of meeting eye to eye. It's just like yeah. it's really forceful. Like it lacks any of the charm and grace that the original movies had. Even though you, they would be putting what, what some would consider schlock film, and that mm-hmm. is where this movie fails. At, at most it's like this is nothing more than a Jurassic Park clone and it does a very poor job of anything Spielberg yeah but as you said got people to appreciate it we did get a lot of cool merchandise out of that that two, those two years after that film we got the Random House book series but did you ever read those yeah I have them all um and then we got um if anything you know a couple of decent toy lines except, except uh Every store was just pissed, and nobody was buying that stuff too. No one bought. I remember my mom picked up because Walmart had put out the figures a month early, like they yeah. had got them in, and they put them on. my mom's like, "Hey," I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" The G fan was right. Like the figure, the the look is what this is. So yeah, I was the same way. I was uh, uh, myself and my friend James Bond were driving around looking for stores who would put out the figures early. Mm-hmm. And we found a bunch of them. Yeah. And I remember buying, uh, I think, one of the six-inch figures, uh, mm-hmm. one of the carded figures, and taking it to my to show my brother. Mm-hmm. And at first he didn't want to look. He said, no, I want to be surprised. But then my mother said, is that the new Godzilla? Mm-hmm. And she looked at the figure and she said, it looks like Alien. Yeah. It looks like a skinny iguana. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Which, but, the movie, maybe when aped Alien, too. Like, the whole baby raptor scene was all out of aliens. Yeah. The whole them running through the corridors, yeah. running from it. It pretty much was raptor. It was raptors set in aliens. Yes. Which is exactly what... what it's it's a cliche that a lot of films, especially what... It's what Cloverfield did in the middle. It's like, 
well, we got 40 minutes, we can't show the giant monster, so what do we, I'll put the little parasites out there and have an alien style. Yeah, they have to have a smaller threat to, to make it more. Which you is, know. it's la- so lazy. <laughs> yeah. So lazy. So, all right, well, um, yeah, enough about the 98, the 98 film. Do read that article because everything on the on the ninety four film, especially you know, there's you heard all the stories. You heard the stories that Delgado told us. They go far deeper. There's so much more going on with that. Um, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, interesting? Also, what we talked about the last episode was this new film called Colossal that this the director of Time Crimes was going to be making. At the time, they just announced, "Oh yeah, Anne Hathaway is going to be in this," which was at the time described as. A Godzilla-style film about um, a girl in Japan as a giant monster, or giant lizard is attacking Tokyo. And it's a, it was like kind of a subversive film. And the way Nacho, the director, explains, like, it's going to be the cheapest Godzilla-like movie, you, or Godzilla movie you'll ever see. It's like, I'm going to do it old school, stuff like that. So everyone's like, oh, cool. Old school, done with the suit and the facts and everything. Everyone got the gist of what this man was talking about. Mm-hmm. Smash cut two weeks later to Con Film Festival. Con being a big, not only just a film festival, but it's also a market too, where people you sell films that haven't been made yet, or you're looking for you know financing and stuff like that. Colossal happened to be there, and uh, unfortunately, it stirred a lot of crap. Monday they brought out all their their stuff. Tuesday morning, uh, Toho filed a copyright infringement claim. Against uh, the production company for unlawful use of their IP. And people were like, wait, what's going on here? And, you know, the, the initial stories were, oh, okay, so Toho heard we were making a Godzilla movie. Ah, they misunderstood. They heard. Yeah, it's more know. of Toho's overreacting. Yeah, Toho's overreacting, you know, because this reports were like, well, yeah, because giant monster destroying Tokyo, that's Godzilla and all that. It's like, yeah. there's a camera, there's a million other things. You guys never went under those. So everyone, knee jerk reaction. Then some pictures came out. And you're like, oh. They're not so unfounded after all. So, a couple of people who found out about this while they were over at Con were like, no, they're within their whole right. They took pictures of the promotional material made to sell the film. And it is the, it has to be the biggest bungle I've ever seen any production company in the history of ever made. Was there any legal counsel on this at all? <laughs> you would, okay, this is the same company. They, this company produced... It was Voltage Pictures. They produced... Um, uh, what was it? The, uh, um, the uh, bombing... The bomber movie... Uh, Her Locker. Her Locker. And they went after everybody that downloaded it. Because they said, ah, I heard our box office. Well, they, pulled, heard. they pulled a Metallica. Yeah, they pulled a Metallica. Found every, every IP address sued every single one of those people that downloaded it. They sued like 500 people. So you would think that these people have some sort of sense of legal understanding. When your promotional material has the legendary Godzilla fighting Mazinger Z, and that's what you're selling it as, you're like, okay, someone who didn't do their homework here, or someone, or there's a production assistant that got real lazy and could not understand, you know, Nacho's broken English properly, or they just said, yeah, this... Do that, you know. It's it's fine. Or just assuming that Godzilla and Mazinger Z are no unlicensed characters. Yes, public domain characters. <laughs> and then there's the actual promo pamphlet that was passed out for it. The director's which, notes. Director's yeah. notes. Which you know they quote his. I'm making the cheapest Godzilla movie ever seen. 
used Godzilla's name in it and actually sold it as a Godzilla movie. Fighting a giant... Yeah, I, they used I, Godzilla's name continuously. You would... Common sense would tell you. It's like... No. And it wasn't like they just pulled any picture from like an old film. They pulled the legendary picture. The scene when he's walking in the ocean. It's like, are you idiot? Are you... That's stupid. Who... Oh, my God. So, yes. And, uh... So... Toho's suing them right now. But apparently, too, in some of the uh, promotional materials, there were photos of some of the other Japanese Godzilla films. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have a couple of the photos that were taken. How can be... This is just... How can people be that stupid? (laughs) It's shocking. I mean, because... You would think, being in the business, you would be aware of Toho's litigious nature. Oh, very much so. I mean, because it's not just, you know, they, they've gone through Subway, Kia. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just within the realm of kaiju films. It's mm-hmm. anybody who's had anything that remotely looks like Godzilla yeah. has gotten sued. Yeah. And uh, just you've dealt with production assistants before, haven't you? Yes, I people, have. Are they really that stupid? Are they just... I mean, can you give us any insight to... What kind of a bungle this would be? It would be a lot. Actually, it's a huge, more of a PR nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm more wondering about who are the people with actual power that said that it was okay. A lot of Someone had to be like, okay, right? Yeah, there has to be somebody who okayed it. Like so, when you read a terrible story mm-hmm. in like DC or Marvel or any yeah. other company, and you're like, oh, it's the writer's fault. But then if you really think about it, it's an editor. Yeah. So because had somebody to, had to edit it. Say, okay, go And ahead. okay it. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely the writer's problem. Yeah. So just like it's not entirely the director's problem or Anne Hathaway's problem. Yeah. I mean, she just, you know, changes. She's not on like, She's doing it. Like, she's innocent in this, I'm I would say. I'm doing this. So, and like she may not even know the full detail. They probably just pitched it to her. She was like, "Cool." So, whoever it was was the person I think who okayed the poster, poster and okayed and various the things. I just yeah, somebody wrote those words in that pamphlet. So, I, I, ha- I, I honestly have to believe because I can't believe anybody could be that dumb that someone just misinterpreted the fact they were like Nacho's words, like we're making a guy. He meant Godzilla-esque film. We're making a giant monster movie. And they said it's gonna be a big robot, big monster. Uh, eh, eh, throw those together. It's like you can't be that dumb. If you are, good God, how are how you made it this far in life? And why would you make a promo poster that just looks like fan art? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if you're gonna at least make it, at least make it look good. Exactly. exactly. It's a, it's the worst Photoshop job in the world. And then too. Anne Hathaway is a big name. <laughs> You would have her. Yeah, you wouldn't like tarnish her name by doing that to her. You because know what the, I mean? Yeah, because the promo poster is a shot of Mazinger Z. Yep. Which didn't Dynamic also like get wind of that and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Not yet that I've heard. <laughs> but <laughs> they're totally within their right. Yeah. And then uh, it was, it was, it wasn't even from a, it wasn't from an anime. It was one from one of the, uh, the, the, um, the games. There was a Mazinger game for PlayStation 3 about. Four years ago, I want to say, and they took an image cap from that game, and they laid it into the. It, it's the exact pose, and it's Mazinger facing, you know, the uh, the, you know, you on, on the poster, and then it's a Photoshop piece of uh, the legendary Godzilla fighting, and then Anne Hathaway in the center. I'm like, okay, first off, the post, the the art of poster making is dead. So it's clearly, you know, Photoshop killed that long ago. But even when you're down the hall, literally four booths down from them is a company selling Sky Sharks, which is a movie about Nazis riding sharks in the sky. 
they did a far better job selling their their crappy little movie than this apparent company who has a few Oscars under their belt and some money did. And it's you, you're like, where did you screw up? Like, did, did was, were, are all your was normal, it a rush job? Was yeah, it are like, all your normal employees on vacation and you got your base squad or anything? Are you using temps? What what is it? If Nazi super flying sharks can get their point across with a, at least a decent Photoshop job, and you cobble together two big fucking copyright you know characters that you know you can't use, just, ah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm having an aneurysm thinking about it. I feel like I was to pop. So now we might even get this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's. <laughs> Which is sad because it sounds like a really awesome premise. I think I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I initially uh, confused it with Enormous but this is... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Enormous is still moving at Fox yeah. for a movie now. But this was such a huge blunder. I mean, <laughs> to not even realize, okay, we're using the name of a licensed character mm-hmm. and using the image freely in, yeah. you know, without permission. We're in a film market too, so you didn't think anybody was going to walk around and like um, so what's up with this? It's like Warner Brothers had reps there. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt they probably tip Toho off to it either. So, but you know, you know what's even more embarrassing about this? Hmm. This is not the first time this has happened. Hmm? In 1985, mm-hmm. Canon Films had a script and had a project in development okay. of a monster movie called It Ate Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when they were pitching the project to the studio head, uh, Menahem Cohen. Yeah. He thought it would attract more attention to use the name Godzilla in the title. Mm-hmm. And they told him, well, we just can't do that. And he mm-hmm. said, no, you have to use the name Godzilla in the title. <laughs> and there had been, there was poster art of A.D.A. Cleveland showing a, it was supposed to be a comedy of a dinosaur attack. Yeah, it was city. a very it was sloppy. A, yeah, it was a spoof of the giant monster genre. Yeah. And, so they took this poster art and turned this generic tyrannosaur into Godzilla and used the name and had a new a new uh, poster made up, mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Cleveland, yeah. showing Godzilla in tennis shoes attacking so like the city. And boxing gloves on, too. And yeah. boxing gloves, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, the, the boxing gloves was the tyrannosaur. How was it? But <laughs> this actually got printed in Variety. <laughs> a two-page spread in Variety announcing this project. Within 24 hours, Toho's attorneys were at Canon. Nice. Um, Steve Rifle, uh, he he goes into detail in his book uh, about this, but this has happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book being Japan's favorite monster, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Good. It's a that's a solid Again, book. Excellent book. But yeah. Uh, well, you know, nowadays. Yeah, there's really not too much other than like a parody of it, but also it's Canada. If you know you're there's there's actually a documentary coming out about Canon. Yeah. Uh, called Electric Boogaloo. They yeah they were the asylum of their times, but they also they produced such wonderment anyway. So, but they were if you listen to uh, the um, the soundtrack or the commentary track on uh, Masters of the Universe, those guys were so cheap on that film. They literally had to stop filming the second He-Man and Skeletor clash their swords. So that scene when they finally, when He-Man holds up the, you know, the, the, you know, the sword, says, I got the power, and Skeletor and him clash, 
literally someone from the production is like, okay, can't film no more. Like, they had run out of money. Like, we can't shoot no more. Like, they like, we have another 15 minutes of this film we gotta shoot. So that's why the fight between He-Man and Skeletor is done be- behind a color wheel. Because he's like, this is the cheapest thing we can get. It's, I could shoot the whole fight scene in like two minutes if I needed to. So that's why it's like, you see a bunch of sparks fly. And then he's like, we had to go back like five months later, beg for more money from Canon because Canon didn't want to put any more money. And then we finally got it so we can actually shoot an ending. Because otherwise it was like, the second they clash, that's where they were going to throw the credits. They were literally going to throw the credits on that. It's like, <laughs> we can't do that. There's so much left open. What happened? You can't end it there. So, as, and I love Masters of the Universe. It's a cheesy film. But it has its charm. And that was what Canon did. They made what would be considered, you know, crap films today, but had their charm. They produced Cyborg. They produced over the... The great film over the top of, you know, the underground world of arm wrestling. Yeah. Um, Superman yeah. 4. Yeah. Quest yeah. for Peace. Yeah, back then, films like that would be... You know, released and made a big deal out of. It's hard to conceive nowadays. Yeah, it is. So, uh, but anyway, all right. Moving on to our, our last bit of stuff. You have something big coming up, do you not, sir? Uh, yeah, two things, but one's uh, closer, <laughs> looming very near. Okay, so inform the good people what you have coming up. Okay, on uh, June 20th, up in San Leandro, California, mm-hmm. that's in the Bay Area. Near San Francisco, uh, near near Oakland, at the Ball Theater, mm-hmm. Bay Area Film Events is having their fourth annual Godzilla Night, mm-hmm. Godzilla Night Four, and uh, they're having two shows, uh, matinee and then uh, the evening show. The matinee show, I believe, they're showing King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, so good! And then uh, the evening show, they're showing. Uh, the American cut, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, okay. the Raymond Burr version. And uh, originally, I, it was to be the first time that uh, my documentary, Kaiju Gaiden, was supposed to be screened. Mm-hmm. However, though, um, there are delays in, in production. I mean, it's, it's really just a one-person job at this point in editing. And um, so it, it wasn't going to be ready. So I talked with the organizers, and instead... Uh, instead of a 90-minute documentary, I will be presenting 90 minutes of rarely seen independent kaiju films that Kaiju Gaiden was going to cover, mm-hmm. which I thought, well, I think people would rather see the actual films themselves. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I'm going to be doing. It'll be a Kaiju Gaiden mini film festival. And part of the film festival are, the two highlights of it, are two brand new trailers that I just received both in the past week. Uh, the first one is the trailer, the advanced trailer for Shinpei Hayashia, mm-hmm. the director of uh, Gamera 4 and Deep Sea Monster Raiga and Rego vs. Yamato. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the third in this trilogy. It's Deep Sea Monster Raiga versus Lava Beast Oga. So it's the first trailer for it would make its debut at Godzilla Night 4. In addition to that, Shizuo Nakajima provided a 28-minute long trailer <laughs> for Wolfman vs. Godzilla. Uh, two years ago, I was invited by uh, Bay Area Film Events to do a presentation on Wolfman vs. Godzilla. I did a slideshow and uh, showed like a five-minute 
little clip. Uh, yeah, a compilation of clips. Mm-hmm. This is a 28-minute long trailer. This is the, the most footage that has ever been shown of this publicly. And it looks beautiful. Oh, so this is going to be shown um, exclusively at Godzilla Night 4 and then also at G-Fest in Chicago uh, in July. Sadly, Jessica and I cannot go. Well, you guys will be at San Diego. Where we we will be at San Diego Comic Con. We will be drowning in people there. So, <laughs> but uh, no, we we are both super jelly because we cannot we cannot attend these these events. But yes, if so, um, where can they go get tickets? Uh, you can go to uh, Bay Area Film Events. Uh, you can Google them. Uh, I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. The link to the site, and they also have a a Facebook page, a Bay Area Film Events, or. Look for the Bal Theater, B-A-L, or Godzilla Night 4. And uh, they can purchase tickets tickets online. And also part of it, because uh, it's not just uh, film showing. There will be vendors there uh, set up in the lobby, vendor tables with all, all sorts of cool Godzilla goods. And also as part of it is the Great Godzilla Raffle, <coughs> which, is, which is a tradition at Godzilla Night. What, what that is, uh, you can buy tickets online. And they offer some fantastic prizes. And you don't have to be present to win. There are a number of uh, boxed, brand new X-Plus Godzilla figures that will be available. Also, original artwork from Bob Eggleton is oh. are among the prizes. And they have many different prizes. You can go to the website and see what they're offering as prizes and uh, buy some tickets. I love to own Eagleton work. I got his book. I got his Sea Monster book. So oh, I had that one too. Yeah, oh, the guy. The guy is the uh, he's the Drew Struzan of giant monsters. Well, he's currently working on uh, his issue of Godzilla in Hell from IDW Comics. Yeah, oh, God, it's it's all gonna be painted. Can't wait. Yes, he actually did probably the uh, his 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 um one issue he did of the uh, Dark Horse. Yes, that was the a best fantastic looking. issue. It was no talking whatsoever. All Godzilla, and it just was this, this beautiful artwork. I mean, he didn't do his normal painting, but, but he did his sketch work. Yeah. In it. Fantastic. You know, his original monster was very reminiscent of Destroyer. <laughs> this is before Destroyer was It released. was. It wasn't. Holy yeah. crap, it was. Um, is it all right if I wax a little bit what you were, you, you can kind of give me a little bit? Is that cool? Uh, uh, what? What? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Uh, I just, because I want to hype it up a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. So, I had Mark showed me a very brief snippet because there's um, a little compare and contrast thing. So, what you're seeing here, what you didn't mention, is the fact that this trailer is going to have some of the newer effects that have been, you know, that, as um, this Nakajima's putting it together, he's actually going back and, you know, cleaning up the original footage, right? Yeah, because it was all shot on 8mm back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was shot you know, over 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, director Nakajima is teamed up with uh, Kokobuji Studios out of Japan. Mm-hmm. And they are upgrading the 8mm film. And that's that's what you showed me. You showed me the, the compare and contrast. Yeah, and um, and then redoing all the optical effects. Uh, all mm-hmm. of Godzilla's rays, uh, his glowing spines. And it, it looks, it's night and day, the comparison. You did, yeah. Oh my god. We were sitting there, we were watching it, and uh, they show you the, uh, the the before, and then they show you the after, and it's just like, it's, the best way to compare it is when, um, if you go look at the Star Wars talk, when they were re, they were going back to the original, um, before they were doing the special editions, mm-hmm. they're showing you the, how the footage has not aged gracefully, because celluloid kind of deteriorates, and then how they're going through and re, you know, kind of retouching everything, recolorizing, it's like that. 
like the um, the the before and after with the especially the ray effects. It's the masterfully, masterfully like integrated into like the original like grain of the footage too. But unlike Star Wars, it's not being replaced with a total new CGI. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I think a more apt comparison is uh, think a Criterion Collection. Thank you. Okay, yeah, there you go. And uh, God, it looks. Like you would think that this movie was shot like in the like the heyday of Toho stuff. It looks beautiful, and the uh, the eight millimeter footage is actually works to its advantage nowadays too. It's, um, it's, I think it looks like a vintage film. It does look like a vintage film. It, you know, it for all, all the great fan films that are out there. The one thing is, and this goes for any a lot of a lot of films nowadays too. Digital, as great as it is. There are certain things it doesn't really work for unless you really go in and kind of give it a scrubbing. There's um like a clarity, if you will. Yeah. It kind of add. It's it's weird because it almost it. I I don't I don't mean to make the sound like a native content, but it kind of cheapens your the final product a little bit for some reason. It's so you, you look at it and you're like, that's cool, but it's like there's something a little off. It's part of it, I think is because our eyes have been so used to what's been shot on you know. 16 and 35 millimeter for so many years yes. you expect a certain bit of grain the uh the the wolfman footage the, the the little before and after it's like it's stunning stunning so you know can't wait to see eventually you know the whole thing so yeah it's oh god you, you people get up to get your bus to san francisco if you can go see it if you're not heading to g-fest this is a good really good goddamn reason to go so all right so that's uh, pretty much our nice wrap-up episode, the, the wrap-up for this episode. Again, we were supposed to have Mr. Delgado in. Unfortunately, he had to postpone. So, figured a nice, you know, a, a nice uh, news episode. And for Mark to uh, kind of, you know, sprinkle you know, his goodies he's bringing to these two places, too. So. And thank you for that. So. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. So, on that note, Jessica, where can the good people find more of our work? Yes, we are on Facebook under the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are also the same on Tumblr as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. It's also our Gmail address mm. if you prefer to privately give us comments as opposed to publicly post them. We are also on Twitter, but as the Kaiju Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, just due to character limits. And so from there, you can find all the wonderful things that... Chris actually is the lovely person who puts most of his time into the Facebook and then I'll like comment or try to read the messages and all that. So yes, those are the places that you can find us online. We are also on iTunes. Yes. Yes. So a lot of people are really excited. They told us that we are finally on iTunes. Subscribe. Yes. So please, please subscribe. subscribe. And we're also making our way onto YouTube. Yes. According I, to what Chris... I'm uh, slowly... If you... Just want to stream you want to chat we i'm putting most of our episodes on youtube as they come out I, there's usually gonna be like a two-week gap in between them and downloads but we're also going into video very soon too we're gonna to be starting uh since we come back from comic-con we're uh i'm gonna to try to do at least a once a month a, a video segment that a companion piece to um to this podcast so stay tuned to our uh, youtube uh page it's look up the kaiju kingdom podcast on youtube and you'll find us there we uh we actually have a few uh, uh, bits of stuff. Um, the big, the big thing I do have up there right now is the pretty much ninety percent of the entire uh, Kawakita uh, Anime Jungle event that uh, was sadly, you know, the second to last appearance of, of that great man, you know, in the United States. So if you didn't get to check it out, and you know, I know there's a lot of people that didn't, you know, 
couldn't get in or anything like that. You can go check it out there. And actually, there's a little snippet of... Uh, yes. You, that, you can... That was when Kaiju Gaiden was announced, and there are <laughs> snippets of some of the films there. So if you want yeah. to check out some of those things, that's where you can find them. Yeah. So that's pretty much the Let only place. Let it be known. The only place you can find them right now. So if you want to go check that out, you can there too. But dude, we got we got some stuff planned. Mark and I've been talking about a few things we're we plan on the, the you know putting together for it. So uh, do stay tuned to that. And Jessica, where can they find more of your work? Oh yes, I am actually on the comicbookgirl.com and girlongeek.com. I am also actually getting more traction with littlegirlgeeks.com, which is a site that promotes, I guess, encouragement. <laughs> Networking and solidarity for, you know, young women to little girls who are into what society had deemed for a long time was like boy hobbies, like Transformers, mm-hmm. Kaiju, Battlestar Galactica, um, all kinds of stuff. So, and also parents can be on there too, even parents who aren't into geeky things so they can kind of have a support system for each other. There'll be forums and videos and a lot of that stuff. So I'm actually really excited for that. Also, I am on Facebook, and I've become Facebook friends with some of you guys. I'm sorry. I will be checking the other folder in the inbox. Uh, send me an inbox to let me know uh, where, you know, we've met or where you heard me so I know it's not some, like, rando spam bot or something. Yeah. But I'm under Jessica Sang, T-S-E-A-N-J, since Facebook sadly made me change my last name. <laughs> From, it was Jessica, like, the comic book girl all in mm. one last name but that's not a real last name and i can't prove it so i had to put my <laughs> you name know like your on middle it. name is in comic book girl no no <laughs> i was like oh god like facebook was asking to send an id or like a form of id or something no, legally like that change your name and show them yeah, legally yeah. change it like the guy who changed it to tyrannosaurus rex yes or the firefighter who changed his name to optimus prime Oh, that one I haven't read. That one's yeah. cool. So from there, also, you can find out all the other social media places that I will be covering. So, so yep. And if you're at Comic-Con, you will be all over the place, too. I, I am. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah, I'm going to be so tired. I know. <laughs> you run yourself ragged at that, that show. Um, and also, as always, you can find more of my work over at therealmcast.com. I have a plethora of other podcasts to do over there. We do... If you like Flash, if you like Arrow, if you like The Walking Dead, if you like Daredevil, you can check out any of our rundown shows for that. Um, I am finishing up the Cora podcast with my buddy Eddie. We've just recently gotten back. We're doing season one and two. I also run uh, the Take Two podcast with my good buddy George over there. So if you want to hear me rant about all the other nerdy stuff with much foul language than I do here, head on over and check that out. And Mark, you have a website too. Would you uh, like to uh, pip that out real quick? Uh, yeah, www.insearchofmonsters.com. Uh, <laughs> I will update it <laughs> with pertinent information. Uh, so there's some interesting things on there. Oh, it's it's a wide swath of awesome. So, all yeah, right. Kaiju, you like cryptozoology? Check it out. Who doesn't love cryptozoology? And Fourier science. Mm-hmm. Yep, another chart. There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. So for myself and Jessica and Mark, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
I'm with you there, Gene. And you know, even though the Japanese Godzilla films were way down on the scale when it came to cleverness of special effects, nevertheless, their special effects were good enough that in those movies, Godzilla had a personality. Godzilla was the star of those movies. Right. And then this new Godzilla, he was basically just this impersonal, uninteresting, uh, giant lizard that seemed to cause most of its damage by accident, waving its tail around. Yeah. You know, sometimes people think you're being glib when you say, you know, there wasn't a single laugh, no, or there wasn't scared. a single... That one time. Didn't scare me, not even like the first time, when you think, oh, omens, deep music on the soundtrack, and here it comes, and there it is, you know? I rarely laugh at memes out loud. Does she love Flash? I do. I'm a very much... I've never been an Arrow person. I mean, like I, like I like Arrow, but I'm just like you're a Batman. Yeah, George, light. It's, yeah, it is what it is. You're a light. George using crap for a really not get into it. I'm like, mm. No, what? Because Arrow's plots right mm. now, the show, it's Arrow's all Batman, Batman yeah, plots. I, I told them too. So, so I'm not like, into I'm that. Into it, yeah, I'm not into it. But Flash is so good, especially that final episode. Oh my god! When uh, when Barry was saying goodbye to uh, to Joe, and a nice little exchange where he calls him son, he calls him dad. Yeah, I cried at all the wrong parts, but I still cried. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. And I 